Shine Box podcast about <laughs> film. Sorry, it sounds like you're opening up a monster truck rally. Uh, welcome to <laughs> Sunday, <Get> Sunday. Pay for the seat, you only use the edge. That's right. Welcome, welcome to get your show. Well, you don't have to go PBS either. I mean, there's got to be a middle ground. There is no middle ground. I'm a man of extremes. I guess so. You're, sw- <laughs> you're swinging to the polar. That's okay. Anyway, it's great to see you. How are hey. things? Good, 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 good. Um, quickly, before we get into how our week's been. Yeah. Uh, this is Get Your Shine Box. Right. <laughs> oh, that. Uh, We're not just going to chit-chat about our weeks? Yeah, we will. Oh, my we God. Will. Well. But it's, a, it's a podcast where we talk about movies, talk about being dads. It's not a movie review show. It's not an advice show. We just really dissect the movies that we loved growing up. And, and give advice. And give advice. But don't take any And of it. critique the movie. And don't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. We, we've got um, lots of disclaimers, but truthfully, if there's a little bit of something you'd probably take a little bit away. Like, there's you've a, got our insights. It, it's a buffet. I mean, if you were to ask our mom, she would say that we're geniuses. <laughs> and so everything we say, do face value, it's basically 100% exact. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. tell me, week? Yeah. My, my week was pretty good. Ah. Uh, let me think. What was sort of a one big parenting takeaway that you had this week? Ah, um, thank you for turning that around. Um. <laughs> well, this is when I don't have anything. I'm just like, ding. I'm going uh, like um, Forrest Gump and ping pong right now. Just ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess the big parenting thing is that, um, that I noticed this week is that my, my son was pretty indiscriminate about who he really enjoys like hanging out with and having fun with and things like that so he likes to he's got some friends he likes to play with them and he kind of likes to play with everybody sure not always the best but whatever but he's noticing one friend in particular is showing a lot of idiosyncrasies right sure a lot of um not tantrums but he he He's a lot more sensitive. He's a sensitive kid. I know that. I know the kid I, yeah, you're talking yeah. about. I think. Yeah. So um, he's getting. Um, he, so my son is noticing this more, and it's interesting. So we're having conversations about, you know what? Some some friends are fun to hang out with, like on your own, and he enjoys hanging out with this one friend on his own. But when he's in this group, I think this friend tends to be on the back step and tends to be a bit more worried about you know, getting offended or he just gets upset a little easier. And so my son is, is losing interest in hanging out with his friend when he is in a group of friends. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, I get so, that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, especially if you have to be like the defender of, or yeah. if you have to be kind of the guy to, you know, run to his rescue every yeah. time then when the group sort of turns on him. It can be exhausting. It is exhausting. Yeah. And so it's interesting that he's recognizing that. And so he, he, want, he loves to hang out with his friend, but only when he can hang out with that friend one on one. And that's just really interesting conversation. Yeah. How, are you supportive of this? Like, or what are you trying yeah. to do to sort of like give him the, like, I guess I think that's actually a really noble thing that he's doing. Oh, yeah. Like the fact that he's out there trying to um, create some space or, yeah. or, or create some acceptance amongst the, like, because kids are pretty brutal sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. Kids are jerks. Well, it's not that they're jerks. It's just, <laughs> oh, they're jerks. They, don't, they don't have that nuance of trying to put things in context. They're just like, I either like hanging out with you or I don't. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely noticed that with my middle daughter, yes. she sometimes struggles with this too, like yeah. where she can be a bit polarizing and she has lost friends because she likes to do things her own way. Mm. And when that doesn't happen, I don't know that she's got an advocate. So good for Jack. I think that's actually really awesome. Well, I think he's getting tired of being the advocate though. That's the thing. Uh, well. You know, like he is, he does defend and, and stand up for his buddy, but he's also, it's, it's a, it can get a lot. And so he's, he's feeling run worn out from always trying to defend this. So just really pants him, like just pants so him right pants there. Him. That's he it. did in front of everyone. Oh and, man. Uh, it yeah. Equal, Gosh. Equal. Anyway. Check us out. Yeah. Go straight to weird science. Yeah. 
that turned out, right? No, it, it went really good. He's going to make yeah. uh, a woman yeah. from a magazine and a <laughs> well, really data computer. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. That's, we're not going to go down this no, road. No, no, All right. No, fair play. Okay. Any, anything for you? Like anything beyond? Yeah. So, I mean, it was actually something came up today. Like, so we were over at uh, Dad's place. Yeah. Uh, you and I, we were working on the pool today mm-hmm. and trying to get everything ready. And so Scarlett got out some markers yeah. and she was coloring away. And one thing I've really started to notice about her, you know, because she's five, so she's really just coming into her own. Mm-hmm. But she's got, she's got Dad's stubbornness. <laughs> like, so, you know, we were trying to like, you know, talk and stuff. And she was like, don't look, yeah. don't look. And she yeah. wanted the big reveal. Yeah. And so this is the big reveal, by the way. Oh, this yeah, is, yeah. It's a picture of you and I. Aww. Yeah, and she's like, oh, because uh, Daddy loves his brother, Tristan. And Aww. I'm like, I do, I do, I totally do. So she made up, just for everyone who can't see, which yeah. is everyone, um, <laughs> we, there's a picture of Tristan and I holding hands, and yeah. there's a staple through our hands, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, talks about sacrifice and her need to... Um, Give blood for Baal, the the god, uh, goat god of Go ancient times. Yeah. That's it. So yeah. Anyway, you oh, know, that's really sweet. It is really. Right? It's. Cool. I mean, they look terrible, but I mean. Well, make yeah. sure to tell her that because you're going to crush her child dreams. No, she loves Uncle Tristan, and now uh, that can all fade. Yeah, it can all fade. Finally, no. finally. <laughs> Whoo! I've been carrying this big, earth-like ball of don't give a shit on my back for so long now. But anyway, oh, that's so sweet. Like they, it is wonderful that she recognizes that we're, we get along. We we have a good laugh. We do, but you know, you always hope that our kids will do the same. Mm-hmm. Like you know, um, mm-hmm. your kids have what three year gap? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same with uh, like the older kids are about a year and a half, and then Scarlett's yeah. about five years from Bree, five, yeah. five and a bit. Yeah. And so you always hope that they'll have the same kind of friendships, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I don't know that that's going to be the case, but I hope it is. Like, it would be really great for them. So anyway, what I'm, what my big parenting moment this week was, I need to try to find a way to get Scarlett to just take herself a little less seriously. Because she gets really worked up about stuff yeah. that probably she doesn't need to. Anyway, that was that was my little parenting That's interesting. Time. That's cool. Yeah. Oh. And, yeah. And again, it's lovely. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. But no, it's really sweet. One thing I do, um, just because we do so much Zoom, and my that's where my uh, cam is, yeah. like my webcam, and so everyone gets to see kind of what's on here, and so I like to kind of keep oh, like updated stuff. Well, strategic. Just so, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not strategic in the sense that I'm like trying to get people to think I actually like my kids, which I don't. But yeah, let me just go to my freezer here. What's this? Okay. Oh, did you make that for me? World's greatest dad. <laughs> I couldn't possibly, but it's true. It's really no. Anyway, but I just I like to have little stuff there. Just yeah. I mean, I kind of show them off a little bit. I've got great kids. I'm really lucky. Yeah. Anyway, this week, the movie is Heathers. We tackled Heathers. So thanks to Dave Frise. Yes, yes. We have a good friend who lives in Montreal right now. Uh, His name is Dave Frise. And he recommended this movie. Um, And uh, I'm glad he did. Because, man, I haven't reviewed or or really revisited this movie in a very long time. Same. No, it's been an age. But why do you think Dave would have picked this one specifically? Like, did you guys watch this a lot when you guys were kids? I think we did. You know what? There was a time when uh, myself, Dave, and our friend Allison hung out a fair bit. And we would go... Like Allison Morling? Yeah. Oh! Yeah. That's and hilarious. Was, yeah, I saw her the other day, actually. No way! Anyway, Allison ended up being a teacher to at, at the French school yeah. that our kids go to. Oh, uh, yeah. Full at, circle. Full circle. And uh, she's actually taught both of my children, two yeah. of my oldest kids. Yeah, yeah. I saw her the other day walking her dog. She's at a different school now, isn't she? I think so. Yeah, I think she is. But she must uh, she must be near where I live, because okay. uh, I saw her that one morning. But, um, yeah, so we used to watch these films together, uh, Heathers and things like that. And, um, you know, and, and it was a fun ritual that we all did. And a fun time. But so Dave suggested this. And I, I think you're right. I think it was because 
this was a movie that we had watched the the collective of us at some point for sure so oh yeah I'll launch into this sometime. Well, no, no. Before you get there, oh, why okay. was let, let's just talk a bit for a moment about why this movie was important to you. Like, why do you, why do you think you watched it? You know what? I I think I I enjoyed this movie because I watched it while I was in high school. Yep. Right, and so it was. You know, with it doesn't. It's not hard to make these connections, this connective tissue. That it was like, okay, I have experiences in. High school. I'm sure I picked myself up. I was probably more of the Martha Dump Truck. In <laughs> Whatever. But, no, you're yeah. just one of the Carnation kids spinning out the milk. <laughs> but there you go. But, uh, and you were Ram. No, um, <laughs> oh, no. Punch was... it in. Um, so... <laughs> punch it in. Can we start using punch it in? Sure. Oh, man. I actually, I actually kind of like that. I thought it had uh, some cachet. Punch it in. Um, so, so I think I recognized, like me, some of the people that I went to high school with. Like it was, it's actually fairly relatable in a lot of sense. I yeah. mean, I think th- there was a lot more sex in this movie than I was aware of what's happening. In Who's high having school. sex at this age? Oh, my God. Holy like, shit. Apparently, everybody in this movie. But, no doubt. But, but for the other themes, I think it was resonant. And some of even the darker things were kind of resonant. As to where I was at that time, sure. not not as dark as all that, but definitely like oh, self esteem, uh, feeling uh, out of out of clicks. Like we we were very much, I was very much a theater kid. Well, you know, so. same. And you know, it's funny because I hated high school until mm. grade twelve. Yeah, like it was like oh, this is terrible, and I yeah. hated all the clicks, and I hated all yeah. the politics and the bullshit. And when I saw this movie, it was like yes, yeah. you are catching all of the yeah. things, and I I because. You know, my experiences with uh, sort of high school movies up to this point have been more like Breakfast Club. And Breakfast Club is still a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's super fun to watch and there's great actors that are in it. Yeah. Uh, and thematically, you know, there's great laughs and stuff. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, it all kind of wraps itself up in a kind of a neat bow where yeah. everyone becomes yeah. friends at the end. And they don't Pretty think it's, kind of, well, yeah, of course, candles. but it doesn't, life doesn't work that way. No. Like, it truly does. I don't think it goes, like, the Heather's way either, where you, nope. like, start killing people and uh, <laughs> blowing people up. But, you know, slurp shit and all that. But, <laughs> but it but it definitely, it was closer to what I disliked about high school. Yes. You know, and it's interesting, too, actually, that you're talking, is, is it's not a happy ending. Like, it's not a, it, there's, it's not a joyous story at all. No. Really. No. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of redemption in there. Yeah. And, you know, is killing off some of the popular people... Is it cathartic? Like, does it change anything? I think the one thing that's really, that sort of gets highlighted through all of it is that yeah. even though those people who you would, you probably in your high school brain are going, yeah. God, I wish that guy was dead. And now this kind of plays out some of that. Yeah. Uh, then you're like, oh, they died. And yet they're still beloved. Yeah. They still are given, like, you know, Veronica kind of mentions that she's like, you know, it gives them like a soul and a brain and yes. death. And you're like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like, where's yeah. your just desserts? Yeah. It doesn't come. There, there is, especially in the funeral of um, Ram and his buddy there, um, with this, with the sister. Like they make a joke in the pews. They do, and the sister turns around, and the little sister, and she's crying. It's Kurt's sister, yeah. Kurt's she... sister, and and that that's a really, you're right. That's a kind of a reality check in a sense of that that fantasy of oh, I wish they were dead. Absolutely. And, like, oh, and I'm sure we've all been there to varying oh, degrees, right? Oh, like, I mean, I wished you were dead so many times. I wish I was dead now. <laughs> no, no. No, I mean, whatever. You do. You really, you kind of play through these scenarios where you're like, especially at that age where you don't understand real world consequences and you're just like, mm. fuck this. Mm. And I think it was it was kind of neat because you, you're right. You do sort of think about it then something different, um, different light. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a 
bit hard to take. Yeah. Like, I actually thought about that scene when we were watching it downstairs, yeah. and I was like, oh. Like, I, I kind Sad. of yeah. kind of give Kurt a little bit more kudos. Right? Again, you give him a little bit more of a, there's yeah. there's real-world consequences to what, what's just happened here. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a person beyond the persona totally. that, that you bring to school. And you do. At school, you often wear uh, protective armor. Sure. Right? But that doesn't mean who you are. And maybe maybe that wasn't the intention of the film, but it definitely gave you a window that Kurt was more than just a jock who would make you, punish you and make you say that. You <laughs> but he's a senior him. now. Yeah, he's a senior. So, yeah. We're seniors now. We can kick his ass. <laughs> okay, totally. Um, okay. So, so let's have a synopsis. Okay, tell me okay. about this movie. Because okay. I just watched it, but I need to know <laughs> two minutes or less. <laughs> Ram it out. I'm rock. I'm rocking this in two minutes. Start timer now. Meep. We're gonna go commando. Meep. <laughs> gonna Meep. Use it. Meep. Meep. Yeah. But cut to the scene and yeah. may or may not be there. <laughs> and, and proceed. And proceed. So um, the movie kind of starts out, and, and interesting. The movie actually starts out with a really fanciful scene. It's Winona Ryder who plays Veronica, and she's talking. She narrates the beginning of it. She talks about. Uh, this clique that she's in, these three Heathers, yep. that are basically the sort of um, queens of the high school. And what do you think they represent, the Heathers? That's And that's interesting because one is very dominant. Right. Heather Chandler. Uh, Chandler, thank yes. you. Heather Chandler, who um, is the color red. Yes. They all have very distinct colors. This is Kim Walker. Kim Walker, right. So Kim Walker, uh, who doesn't... At, at first I thought, ugh kind of vapid and stuff but she she does a great job of making you not like i think that was the point yeah but well i mean we'll, we'll get to this later but yeah. i mean there's that one moment too where they go to the one uh remington party yeah and then she goes down on that one the college guy yeah and then you see her in the mirror and you can see she fucking hates herself yeah. like she is so she's doing these things and i don't don't think even she knows why she's doing them yeah so you know, she's kind of a bit of a stereotype in yes. sort of how you see her in the beginning. But what I love is they actually throw a couple layers at these people as you go through. And this is what differentiates maybe this film from like, uh, you know, something more static or something mean more two-dimensional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mean Girls. Clues. Exactly. That's a really good comparison, actually. Because yeah. really, the the Mean Girls in Mean Girls yeah. kind of stay Mean Girls the whole time. Yeah. They don't yeah. actually... There's nothing learned. There's not a lot of redemption. Like, even in like Clueless, even though um, Claire's not like mean or cruel... She no, doesn't really. Her growth change. is pretty minimal. Pretty yeah, exactly. Real. She just sort of yeah. is able to like stuff her like yeah. two dimensionality yeah. into like a bit of a learning opportunity. Yeah. But she doesn't actually change as a human. There's nothing behind the veil. You're right. Yeah. And and there is it. There is some some sort of they drop that armor, that high school armor. Yeah. It gets it gets dented. It's not to anyone else though, which is kind of interesting too, because you yeah. know it's no wonder people don't like her or that you know she's got this perception of being such a mega bitch. Yeah. Is you know you don't see it, but it's nice that they give you that glimpse mm. as an audience member where yeah. you can kind of see her give that away. Yeah, like that's neat because then exactly to your point, now all of a sudden there's something else to her. She's not just this caricature. Right. Per se. Right, and and I think this movie does a good job of that because there's a lot of caricatures. And then, there is, but they're really fun. Like yeah. we'll talk about the mom later. Make sure yeah, we, we, we touch on that. Okay, but anyway, so anyway, oh my God. opening <laughs> scene, two minutes already done, and close. Podcast is over. Okay, so um, 
so so uh, it's this kind of dreamy sequence. It's Veronica writing in her diary and describing. Her. <laughs> We're still in the credits. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so she's describing it. So, but this is interesting because it kind of sets the tone a bit because mm-hmm. it, it basically it shows um, the three Heather sitting on a on a bench with croquet mallets. They get up very gracefully. Very, they're all beautiful and full of massive shoulder pads. <laughs> oh my God! No yeah. kidding. It's like the Miami Dolphins are all like got the starting co- starting line, just getting ready to assemble. Exactly. So so they 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 walk over this garden and purposely crush these red roses, which I'm sure is like, uh, symbolic for for a lot of things. Uh, but um, so they go and then they hit uh, these croquet balls, and you don't see the first two shots from the other two Heather's. Right. But then uh, Heather Chandler hits her ball. And it whips over and smashes Winona Ryder's head. Yep. She's in the ground up to her neck. And obviously this is how she's feeling. Like, you know yes. what? She's in this relationship with these other women. Yeah. Uh, and she doesn't really know how to be herself. Like, she's along for the ride. Yeah. She's someone who is like, they allude to this many times. Like, she's yeah. incredibly smart. Yes. She was supposed to go off to a special school. Um, she's got this crazy ability to replicate anyone else's handwriting, which is a super useful kind of uh, piece to the movie that we get, you know, it, it plays itself in quite a bit. I know we were going to talk about this. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, but there's a suspension of disbelief yes. that kind of is throughout the film. Like there's, you. you know, dream sequences and there's this kind of opening sequence. And yeah. so what's nice about it is almost from the top, you know that there's going to be a little bit of embellishment that comes yeah. with the film. And, nice. you know, some of the extremes, it plays out in the film, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so it does a nice job of setting that stage. For so, sure. Um, after that, uh, we get to see the high school itself. And now the right. high school is uh, laid out. It's Sherwood, Ohio. Right. Is where it is. And what's the name of the school? Do you remember? Yeah, Westerberg. That's right. Yeah. Because of uh, the replacement. The replacement. No, uh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We were looking at Wikipedia and IMDb and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. there's such a rabbit hole about, like, oh, this it's is about so the tension in the band. And, like, <laughs> the problem with this film is you could probably read a lot into it. And they yeah. deliberately play symbolism all over the it place. Does. We were going to talk about Moby Dick yeah. um, at some point, too. And just really, if that's a thing. Because in that same opening sequence, yeah. Heather Duke, played yeah. by Shannon Doherty, is reading Moby Dick. And she's yeah. kind of distracted from the croquet game. That's right. Uh, because of it. And so I was like, oh, well, what's the, what's what's the deal? Like yeah. Because Moby Dick is... Uh, well, uh, iconic. And... Yeah, an iconic book. It's, it's, there's, it is so thick with symbolism. It's meant yeah. to be the perfect novel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so... it, there's, you know, was a commercial failure when it was written. But yeah. truthfully now, people look back at it and it's just an allegory for, like, revenge or for uh, an undying... Um, obsession. obsession, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, what is Heather Duke's obsession? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll get to it later. Yeah. Intr- right. But but is it her obsession or is she just the vehicle to introduce Moby Dick as a um, an influence throughout the whole sort of high school? Well, and truthfully, like, there's a point later on in the film where, like, yeah. uh, J.D., uh, <laughs> play, played by uh, Christian, Christian Slater, Slater, is, like, underlining stuff and using Moby Dick because yeah. it's so iconic and it's a yeah. perfect you know, suicide book to have, like Eskimo, yeah. Eskimo, like, yeah, it's kind of like mysterious and, uh, you know, isolated, but yeah. anyway. Okay, so so we get a snapshot of the school dynamics, and, and uh, Veronica's with the Heathers, the Heathers, right. the three Heathers, and they they kind of rule the roost in this And school. they're about to do the lunchtime poll. That's right, so they do this lunchtime poll. Um, you know, it's just something they go to the popular kids and ask them questions. And so the question here is, um, if, uh, you, you, or rather you won 
the um, sweepstakes. The, right, uh, right. The uh, West Westinghouse or yeah, oh, uh, whatever. Yeah, uh, some kind of sweepstakes. You got two million dollars, but aliens land on the Earth and say they're going to destroy the Earth in two days. Correct. What do you do with that money? And so right away they go to the other popular kids and ask these questions, and we get introduced to this one fucking <laughs> rich kid. He's only got the one line in the whole thing, basically, but he's just like he's Thurston Howell the third. He's just right. like, uh, oh, that's an easy one. Yeah. I give it to my dad. He's only the best investment banker in the state. <laughs> like, oh my god, I want to punch this guy so in the dick. Yeah, he's such a loser. But I mean, that's. Yeah. So we didn't come from money. We were not like a you know a couple of rich kids, and, yeah. and generally speaking, we actually were like fairly poor as we were growing up. And so automatically, yeah. I have a, a just a disgust yeah, exactly. for this guy. So you're like, okay, look, it's two days, idiot. Like, yeah. how much money are you gonna make in that time? And I mean, obviously, that's the point. But they really just the arrogance of the rich. Really, this yeah. is a nice way to kind of you know put a pin in that one group right yeah. away. Caricatures. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Caricatures. And you need some two-dimensional folks because, again, like we've sort of already discussed, yeah. they, they do reveal that there are more characters who seem like caricatures yes. who actually have more depth, and they show some of that. Yeah, it, it's a neat play. And, yeah. and man, this, this film is a lot more than I gave it credit for. Anyway, so... Tell me about Martha Dumptruck's music. Because <laughs> we, get, we get introduced to Martha Dunstock, who is, yeah. you know, okay, so the one kind of, you know, lone kid. And obviously she's a little bit large yeah. for her size, but, but her theme music Holy is shit. awesome. Did they ever blare that? Like, so so you you first are introduced to her as she's slowly walking with her tray in the cafeteria, and the music is like this, like oboe, boom 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 boom, really. Oh, and there's like you were saying before, there's like that background of. So in time with her steps, as she's walking, yeah, uh, there's like this boom, baba, boom, baba, right? And and what they're doing is they're playing a prank on her. Yeah. And this is where you get first introduced to Veronica's ability to write anyone else's handwriting. So she does this like note from another guy, Kurt, who's Kurt. one of the jocks, there's and just two like two amazing jocks. Oh yeah, these jocks are so great. Ram and Kurt. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, so she's doing this handwriting, and it's you know a, a, like a love note from Kurt just to talk yeah. about it, and then you know Martha Dumstock gets this note and she kind of fiddles with it a little bit and then goes over and confronts him with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a heartbeat later after reading this note, he lets go of this amazing it's a laugh. wicked titter of just like... <laughs> like, it's crazy funny. I think... Um, I actually really like this choice because he could have been like outraged by it or could have like been like, mean cool. to her. Yeah, but, but instead he was just like so fucking amused by it that he just like rolls into it. And maybe that's more humiliating, but... Yeah, he could have yeah. been more of a prick. But it works in in that sort of scenario. Again, to showcase that he's also a kind of a caricature. A little sense. bit, yeah, for sure. So he's he's got a best buddy. His name is Ram. And these right. these two are, uh, throughout the whole film, are like the consummate caricature jocks. Can I tell you something? Like, yes. when I was a kid growing up and yeah. looking at jocks, yeah. I actually based a lot of my stereotypes and my biases on those two idiots. Mm. Like, I actually feel like, even now, I'm probably not a huge fan of, like, people who have a specific sports mentality. Yeah. Just because I'm like, are you like them? Yeah, I like, I think know. oftentimes, like, hockey guys are sometimes like this. And yeah. I have lots of friends who play hockey who are wonderful, wonderful folks. But there was a couple of the dudes that I grew up with who yeah. were like hardcore into hockey, yeah. and they were just pricks. And I think that's what's great about this film is that, and maybe, and this hails back to what you talked about earlier, is just that you can, you there's ever anybody in this film you can go, oh, I, yeah, I know that, I yeah. know that girl, I know that guy, yeah. I know that stereotype, I know that person, <laughs> yeah, right. 
So, I mean, again, probably more to the point, I was one of the guys who was one of the geek geeks. Like, because there's that one part part where one of the Heathers looks over at the geeks and they just spit take their their carnation milk. Okay, let's let's take a second and talk about carnation milk and Heathers. So, uh, Get Your Shine Box is sponsored by Carnation Milk. Because apparently they could get a whole fucking film made like Heather's. Oh my God. There is so much carnation milk in this movie. I don't know if anyone's noticed it before, but Tristan pointed it out when we were watching because I never caught this. And suddenly, like, carnation milk is everywhere. There's a, there's a scene where Ram and Kurt have got about 10 cartons of, of hoarded carnation milk that's been devoured. Like, their bones must be indestructible. How the shit did they get killed later on with bullets when those bullets should have bounced off of their indestructible bones? If you look closely, it says carnation milk. Oh, damn these brittle bones. Oh, well, there you go. It's that Simpsons rat milk episode where Big Tony sells them rat milk. Oh, deep cuts. Well played, sir. But, uh, okay, so so, um, we're also introduced in this cafeteria after uh, that prank on Martha, after we get to meet a lot of the staple characters, the cliques, the caricatures. There's also an introduction of Christian Slater. Right, so this is James... James Dean? Dean. James Dean. Dean. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, 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 not James Dean. Jason Dean. Jason Dean. Jason Dean. But yeah. JD for sure. J- yeah. yeah. So JD but is very like... very much James Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So he's portrayed as a rebel. He's probably one of those cool guys that... Uh, you know, you probably had one of these guys in your school. He Where's was like, trench coat, he's cigarettes, rides a motorbike. That's right. He's, he's a pretty cool dude. Yeah. And I can kind of see where Veronica specifically would be attracted to this because mm-hmm. when you take a look at all the two-dimensional folks that are around, suddenly here's someone who's a bit different. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really seem to buy into all the bullshit yeah. um, that all the other people are doing. Like, he's not part of the polls. He doesn't want to do any of that stuff. Yeah. And actually, there's a great scene where Kurt and Ram confront him yeah. because of his difference. Yeah. And they're like, hey, uh... Oh, it seems like they got a no, or um, don't they know they have a no fags policy yeah. in the cafeteria? And he's like, well, they seem to have an open door policy on assholes. Yeah. And so he kind of stands up to them a little bit and they get really freaked out about it yeah. until he whips out a, a gun, gun. <laughs> and that's, and takes a couple shots. So it's not that he pulls out a gun, he actually has a couple of blanks because he, sh- he <clears throat> like points and shoots at both of them. But I love, I, you know what, in some ways, this is me gravitating to Jason Dean almost immediately because I'm like, there were probably tons of times when you yeah. had a bully or someone's picking on you or you see a shitty behavior and you just don't have the strength of character in that moment no. to stand up to those guys. But that's your fantasy too, going, right. oh, I'd love to do this. And so seeing that too, this is probably the reason why it resonated again in this film. It's totally. It's just like... It's playing out some of these sort of dark fantasies that you have at high school. Absolutely. But then when you learn what it takes to actually be that guy, you're like, well, I was pretty happy to sit back and maybe let some of the terrible things that kind of went on happen just because I I, I could never embody the psychotic nature of it all. Like, I couldn't be that guy. No way. That's too much. Yeah. But, um, okay, so, so okay, we get a great snapshot of who Christian Slater is. Right. And, and Veronica meets up. and then meets so they up, got, and she's enamored right away. Yes, but, but then she's off. She's got her first Remington party that she's going to. She's right. got this big college night with Heather Chandler. But and, before that, we get to oh. meet her parents. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. Yeah, so she comes in after school, and her parents are very rich, yeah. affluent, right? So uh, they're sitting in their terrace, 
and uh, they're all in, in polos and very, very rich attire. And Verona comes in. And this is something interesting is this movie does wonderful callbacks. Yes. And they did it They do it with, with um, Kurt and Ram, too. Like the, um, you know, when they're going to come. Oh, like when they're talking about being seniors. Yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, let's go kick his ass. Kim, we're seniors. Right. Yeah. No, they do. So anyway, so um, the parents get introduced. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I use this line all the time. Like I'll, I'll set people up for it and see if they actually catch it. Because for me, it's kind of a bit of a, like, oh, all right, you're in. You're in the crowd. So uh, anyway, the, the father's reading one of these spy novels, and he's like, God damn, won't anyone tell me why I read these things? Yeah. And Veronica's response is, because you're an idiot. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Which is awesome. I think that's our shorthand too. It is a bit. When I think we immediately know when when one of us is setting that up, which yeah. is interesting. Well, because but the question is so obvious, right? Like you yeah. know, will anyone tell me why? Yeah. Whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's such a hallmark, and we yeah. again, I've probably used this with you like ten million times that people look at us and go like, "You two are exhausting." <laughs> So yeah, yeah, and and again, it gets repeated later on too. But we'll yeah. we'll get to that. And the as mother's we go. got the best response. You too. Oh, you too. You know, <laughs> she's just so again caricatures. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So uh, Veronica ends up uh, going to this party with Heather Chandler. It's yep. a college party. It's you know a big thing. This is kind of her rite of initiation. Right. Sense. So she sees they they stop at a convenience store before they go, and they she sees uh, JD again. JD again. And uh, he lets loose a bit more of his past. He talks about how he's traveled a ton. He talks about how there's o- there's always this specific convenience store around. Um, That's right. And it keeps him sane and things like that. And they have a, a, like a wonderful little connection because he buys her like a massive like big gulp and some corn mints for Heather. That's right. <laughs> the barbecue, BBQ, BBQ, of course. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So she. Um, so the whole thing falls apart. You know, they have a big fight. You know, um, what the fuck was Veronica drinking? Oh. Because, you know what? She's got a lighter. and uh, This is at the college party. Though. This is the yeah. college party. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Yeah. So anyway, she's drinking, like, from this mug. And she ends up, like... Uh, like a match. A match drops into the, the drink that she's having. Yeah. And it starts on fire. Like, if it was a beer or something, oh, it just would have been doused. But it turns out she's got grain grain alcohol that's going on right now in her drink. No wonder she throws up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so she makes kind of a... Well, uh, the two like college guys that Heather sets them up with are uh, big douches, right? Totally so, and this is that scene that you were talking about, is Heather goes and, and goes into a room with this one college dude and uh, goes down on him. And then she takes a... It's like probably like a morning after pill or something like that that she takes. But she's staring at herself in the mirror and spits at herself. And that's, again, a little crack in the veil. And that's such a neat, a neat little snapshot that she's not... It's... it's, it's, It might be the only time in the whole film where you actually sympathize with her. Well, the next day she dies. (laughs) Well, kind of. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm more worried about her table at that point because okay. the incredible shattering that it oh, goes through. Yeah, like, she's just that. such a bee the entire uh, time. Yeah. So I don't super feel sorry for her. But in that moment, I really did. I was you like, do. you know what? You, maybe there's more to you than this. Or that yeah. this facade is actually wearing thin even for you. Glimpses of humanity. That's right? it. Yeah. And that's neat. So sure. as this party goes, um, Veronica blows up this other guy that wants to sleep with her and insults him and, and, and gets really... She's, she's ill. Yeah. She leaves the tries to leave the party, but Heather tries to stop her. Veronica ends up like throwing up on the ground. Yeah. And Heather vows to destroy her reputation at school. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, she goes home. And then JD shows up 
He and just he comes, under window. He comes into the window. He's got no boundaries. Nope. Uh, just decides to kind of like talk yeah. and then they play some strip cocaine. They have sex for the first time. Uh, they've met one other time before this. They have sex immediately yeah. after. I'm like, who is this guy? This like, wasn't my high school. No, oh my God. <laughs> the courtship rituals. Uh, you know. Oh, I know. Yeah. God, I did not have that, that uh, level yeah. of skill. So, so she... Um, uh, they immediately connect. They immediately resonate with one another. Yep. Uh, and they kind of come up with a plan to get revenge back on Heather Chandler, like yes. to kind of level the playing field so that she's, yeah. that Veronica has no reason to fear Heather That's Chandler. Right. They, yeah. Yeah. In fact, Veronica says, before I die, I want to see Heather Chandler blow chunks just once. Right. Kind of thing. So JD the, helps with that. So yeah. they end up at Heather's house and the house is, this is, and this is an ongoing is that the the color scheme is very very purposeful mm-hmm. so heather is embodies color red heather chandler heather mcnamara uh, is yellow heather duke is green greenish ah uh, blue actually she has a lot of no well, that product is blue you're right yeah, sorry yeah. my apologies so she's kind of greeny kind of thing so she's in transition actually right. which is interesting because of reasons we'll talk about later right so um uh, Veronica and JD end up at Heather Chandler's house and um, they find out that her parents are gone to visit grandma and that Heather is has a hangover and oh says, interesting point the fact that when Heather Chandler dies yes. from drinking Drano yes it's blue oh, is it is it Veronica yes. is it sort of like Veronica's oh. essence is something that is just so repulsive to her that she couldn't stomach it to move forward we are uncovering I'm just peeling this like, I'm crying my way through it but we're definitely going to get there so yeah so that that's really fascinating and I didn't catch that color just association yeah that's really good so um, her and JD uh, and again the house is red like everything yeah. is red in this house actually it's red throughout the entire world it's yeah. almost like Heather Chandler's view of things of her like sort of dominant philosophy yeah. is sort of the world philosophy because you see it yes. replicated in the schools and I know we'll talk about this more but uh, at any rate it's it's just it's oh, interesting yeah. you really caught this early when we were watching and I'm like huh I need to pay more attention to it because it, it is a truism yeah, that, okay well we'll visit it that's, yes. that's really interesting so um, they, her and JD want to get her to throw up Right. So uh, Veronica suggests like milk and orange juice. JD recommends drain. <laughs> yeah, get some pipe cleaner <laughs> in there just to really like let's go with big blue. Yeah. So and he's really pushing it without remorse, without joking, and that's the first kind of snapshot besides trying to gun down random curse. Yeah, like you know, you know he's a bit of a weirdo. You know he's got a bit of a dark streak to him, yeah. but you never actually think that it's got any real teeth to it. Mm-hmm. You know, he whips out a gun, which probably should have been her first clue. Uh, and even though he has blanks, yeah. but yeah, now he's literally talking about poison and playfully. Yeah. But. It's right there. It's right and you there. have to know that there's a repercussion if he uses it. Yeah. And so, exactly true. You yeah. get this idea that JD has got a homicidal tendency. Yes. And it keeps building. Like, yes, they did a right. really nice job of a smooth entry. Yeah. But you can see the steps. Yeah. Yeah. The flags are huge. Which, yeah. And if you pay attention to them. So, uh, he pours out a, a cup of Drano. Um, they get, there's like sort of a... Um, uh, a well, they're smooching, and so there's a crisscross. Yeah, a criss- crisscross. Yeah. <laughs> and so, oh. <laughs> Throw mama? Oh. We'll do it. We'll do God, it. God, I love that film. For sure. I can talk forever about that one. But, uh, um, so they end up giving... Like the synopsis? Yeah. <laughs> Is two minutes up? I don't I, think I, so yet. We're really... Okay, so one minute finished. 46. Yeah. Okay, I got 14 seconds, seconds to finish the rest of this film. Oh. So um, they give Heather the Drano. They kind of like um, 
dare her into it. In well, a he kind of dares he her, does. which and, and then what I thought was awesome is she's like, "You think I'm just going to drink that because you're daring me to?" Yeah. And then she does. And then she does. Like she can see the old, like the yeah. limitation of the argument, and yet just buys right into it. Yeah, it's exactly. Ridiculous. Because she cannot back down, but no. she has like one of the most incredible death scenes. As she, she chokes on the Drano, she says, corn nuts. Which is interesting. But then she does a full face plant through a glass table, and it is so shockingly yeah. unbelievable. Like, it is like, It, is really it looks so real. Like, I wonder if they oh. had breakaway glass where they oh. actually had her pound through it. Wow. It is so well done. And so they're freaking out. Yep. And they're like, what do we do? What do we do? And um, they kind of work it out that it's going to be staged as a suicide. Yes. So, um, yeah. what's interesting, so the first, Veronica's first reaction is, you killed my best friend, and JD's response was, but also your worst enemy. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. immediately onto this thing where he's going to find a way to rationalize it, and this is yes. how the suicide becomes so palatable. Yeah. And then there's that other moment where they talk about myriad as a word. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> a myriad of, of problems, and they're like, oh no, she'd never use myriad as a word because she missed it on her test. Yes. And he's like, well, what, it's more of a reason because it becomes like sort of a... Like a, a rationale as to why this she needs to kill herself yeah. because she's like such a failure in life. It's a mark of her failure. It's a mark of her failure. And it just, it's like, there's a dead body yeah. with the bluest teeth and yeah. mouth. Yeah. And they're trying to find kind of a nice little segue out of it. I thought it was a, it's a nice moment of levity. It's very good writing. Yeah, you know, it is. That the pacing was really Yeah, good. yeah. And they both, Winona and Christian do amazing jobs. And we'll, yeah. we'll talk about this, but you know what? The casting in this was very good. And I think this was earlier on Christian Slater anyway. Like this was kind of... Yeah, he's kind of past like some of his younger films. But I think this is where he really got a lot of visibility. And yeah. so we were talking about like Gleaming the Cube. And that, we were talking he, about like uh, Pump of the Volume. Volume. Yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. So yeah. th- I think that was after this. <clears throat> I, I'd have to... Check. Uh, but anyway, but yeah. And so the, it's very well delivered. Very good writing. And so they she And this is to your point. She's very good at... Like, right, this is another time when this becomes incredibly important. Like before, just the yes. pranking. Yeah. Now suddenly, there's a legitimacy in them being able to get away with it, which really catapults the whole yeah. scheme moving forward. Yeah. If you didn't have this, yeah. the movie stops right there. Yeah. What What's interesting about that though is, um, and this is what I was thinking about, is that they um, they talk about how she's great at replicating handwriting, and that legitimizes the notes and things like that. Right. But nobody ever sees the note and goes, "Oh, that's her." Yeah, I know. I recognize that handwriting. Like, nobody ever validates it? No, no, it's just, just kind of accepted and understood. It's accepted. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> anyway, so so they stage it uh, to seem like a suicide. Right. And then they, um, uh, uh, what you call it, have to attend her funeral. Yep. Uh, kind of thing. And uh, there's a really great moment where everybody goes and, and uh, oh, I love the, the pastor too. What's his name? Oh, uh, that's uh, a great question. It's uh, Glenn, Glenn Shaddix. Glenn, oh, that's right, because that's the same yeah. guy who plays uh, Odo. Odo, yeah, that's Beetle right, from Juice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. So him and Winona have obviously worked in the past. Yeah. I wonder if she would have recommended him and just said, hey, look, I know a guy who can make weird seem cool. Yeah. Because he's, he's really funny. I really like him. Yeah, same. Um, so he's a pastor, and he's wonderful. But um, so uh, they're at this at the funeral. Everybody has a moment uh, of, of prayer at the <laughs> coffin. <laughs> And it's so amazing because we get to hear their inner thoughts. And this is this suspension of disbelief type right. stuff. So, yes, for sure. So, uh, you know, like uh, some people come in, like the jocks come in and say, why did you have to get rid of such hot snatch? <laughs> Until like Ram that. just yeah. really staying true to that character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. But then and, Heather Duke comes in and she said, you know, I've prayed for the death 
of Heather Chandler many times. Yeah. And so this is kind of like, you know, I'm trying to, again, trying to find out what this Moby Dick part of yeah. it means, but, you know, you never really see Heather Duke do anything in the way that Ahab would yes. to try to pursue the white whale or try to, like, eliminate this person who has wronged him so badly. Yeah. And in this, you kind of get a sense at least that there's... And, and, Interestingly, there's also this whole business with Heather Duke's bulimia. Yes. So we yeah, talked we talked yeah. a lot about themes in this. So I mean, there's a lot of really important themes that I don't think anything else tackled. And I, I talked about um, uh, Breakfast Club before. Yeah. And having maybe a, a softer image, but you know, there's bulimia, there's date yeah. rape, there is like um, all kinds of different um, sort of uh, unhappiness w- with yeah. oneself and yeah. self-loathing and and things. I think that we don't. I wasn't capable of acknowledging when I was a teenager, yeah. and I certainly wasn't comfortable about talking to any of my friends about, no. uh, but I mean, I think we all experienced these to a degree. So another reason why this was such a great film, because it yes. kind of unearthed a bunch of things, yeah. and maybe didn't go have really clinical resolution to any of them, yeah. but at least kind of put it out there and flesh them out to kind of say like, yes, you're thinking this, this is what it looks like, Yeah, the, it's okay to feel the way that you feel, you don't have to be this crazy extension of these things to, yeah. to kind of get to the end of it just know that it's okay to feel that way yeah and maybe that's why it resonated with a lot of teens is because it, it talked about themes that we were thinking about and put them in the public eye in yeah. a sense right exactly so, yeah uh, I, I absolutely agree with that so um <laughs> they're at the funeral sorry they're at the funeral and sorry are we almost done it's oh like 41 God. minutes in holy shit okay I that's okay fast. we're moving we're literally like 20 minutes in the film here. oh God. <laughs> Is there more? Is there much? So oh God! More. Okay. All right, keep going. I gotta go faster. Okay, no, no, so it's all right. this is a bulky film. It is to be bulky, honest. and it's and it's cool because so here's yeah. the difference between this film and maybe other films that we reviewed like in the past, like Commando. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but Commando it was honestly a lot of fun to do. But I think what's nice about this is we talked about the rose-colored glasses before. Mm-hmm. We talked about like, okay, well, you see a film, you watch it again, you don't really take that much away from it. Yeah. I actually feel like I took a shit ton away from this one. Oh, yeah. Because I was thinking about it very differently. And yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, there was just, it was it was neat to contextualize it and how it is as an adult to look yeah. back and go, wow, this probably was a really useful film to me for kind of feeling the way that yeah, I felt yeah. about my teenage years. So, so we need to give it its weight. So this might be a bit of a longer episode. How about that? Potentially. How about that? Let's, we'll give some space. Let's cover it. How much in the money zone we're going to go? Ah, money, right. please. Money, yeah. So, um... <laughs> we talk about yes. Uh, so, okay. So, and i got to mention this because it's another callback, is um, uh, Ram and Kurt um, are, are in the... Uh, outside the church. They're in the lobby. They're having a conversation. And um, <laughs> they're talking about how they're, they're going to go on a double date with Heather McNamara and Veronica. Right? Yeah. And uh, Heather McNamara, who is the middle Heather, who is dressed in yellow. Right. She She's the cheerleader. She's the sporty one. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think was yellow? Just, we didn't talk about it, but why do you think that she was yellow? Represent? I, I don't know. Like, is she sort of golden? Is she sort of like the one person who's the most redeemable? Like, I, I want to I think about, like... That so, color choice. Yeah. So Heather Chandler is, like, capitalism. She's sort yeah. of this person who is, like, really or bought in... Well, <laughs> no, oh my God, uh, no. So anyway, one of the theories is like uh, she precludes the downfall of like communism, and yeah. that's why she wears red, and and you know, Brock is blue. blue because she's democracy, which yeah. is a bunch of fucking bunk. Like <laughs> this is someone looking backwards, and just like no, it's really an allegory about world politics. Yeah. No, like, Some film no. student just spent like four oh hours God. building that whole argument. Someone needs to toe punch him in the fucking wiener. Like, no chance. <laughs> 
This is dumb. Okay. Anyway, so I, whatever she represents and whatever the color yeah. schemes are, because they do it obviously deliberately, because yes. everything is very thoughtful in this when it comes to color. Yeah. But I just sort of feel like she's the one person who's like the most redeemable Heather. Like of yeah. the three of them, yeah. she's like a really good person. She like relies on her friends. Like I think she's very sincere Ooh, and very shit. genuine. What are the primary colors? Uh, red, green, blue. Yellow is not a primary color. It's not. It's part of the secondary set of colors, which is cyan, yellow. So we have Heather Chandler, red. We yeah. have Heather Duke, green. We have Veronica, blue. And then all of a sudden, Heather McNamara, who's not a primary color. Interesting. So she's sort of outside yeah. the standard scheme. Solved it. Bam. There it is. <laughs> Next level. So uh, Take that, film student. <laughs> Take so your Russia bullshit and stuff it up your... I don't know. Uh, so, uh, so, so Kurt and Ram are outside the, the, and they're talking about this date. Oh, sorry. Now I've got it. Stuff it up your buttnik. Buttnik. Instead of sputnik. <laughs> Damn it. You never have the right lines I when you know, need them. I know. All right. Keep going. Okay. Oh my God. I gotta keep going. All right. Uh, okay. So, um, they're talking about, uh, going on this date and stuff like that. And these two nerds push past Kurt and Ram. <laughs> and they stand up for themselves. Yeah. They stand up for themselves. They push past him. Like, Hey, that guy stepped on my foot. And the one nerd turns around. This is a nerd who's been spewing carnation milk. No, it's oh. it's it's not. Well, he's that part nerd. of the group. He's part of that group for okay, sure. Okay. Yes, for sure. Yeah, so yeah. he's got he's got the the um, uh, I don't know the, the blowback of the milk. Anyway. Yes. So so he um he, the carnage the carnation carnage <laughs> the carnation carnage. <laughs> uh, reach out to us, carnation, if you would like to pursue this. We are definitely courting your dollars. <laughs> so he, he gives them he throws them the bird. Right, sit and swivel, right, <laughs> and uh, and but before that, when he when he pushes past, and Kurt wants to go and like like punish him, uh, either Ram or Kurt. No, yeah, well, Ram wants to fight him, but then Kurt's the voice of reason. Kurt's like, yeah, well, no, we can't. We're seniors, right? It's a callback, yeah, to the earlier. And then uh, the nerd gives him a finger, and they go up and they start punishing the nerd. They, they like get him to the ground and bully him and get him in a, a headlock. <laughs> They're like, you want to get out of this? See, you like to suck big dicks. No, no, man. And he like punches him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let right. go of him, Ram. <laughs> like, the one buddy's just gonna like I not suck. commit to, to want to get him out because he's like, he's gonna do this to me. Yeah. I'm gonna get beat yeah. the shit out of this. So, mm. yeah. Kind of pulls back a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So, and one of those lines that stick in our brain is uh, the nerd's like, oh, fine, fine. Mm, I love to suck big dicks. Mm, I can't get enough. <laughs> like, Are why does he keep going? <laughs> No, it's, I don't know why, but I thought we said that was such a funny line. It is such an interesting line, and it's something that, uh, there's a few lines that get stuck in my head. Like, Heather Chandler has one of the best lines, and that is, um, she's, she's like, uh, um, kind of aghast, or, or like, Veronica says something sensible, and she's like, what? Uh, well, fuck me, gently with a chainsaw. Oh, I know, there was tons of those. Yeah. Like, um, there's, a, like, the documentary about this movie that they did with sort of the additional foot, footage was called, um, Swatch Dogs. And a Diet Coke heads. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just like, they really tried to play with this 80s. I think you touched on this early on and just yeah. sort of said, like, of all the movies that we watched, that we have watched so far, about the 80s, this one is really calling out the yes. 80s. Like, it's speaking to the, uh, sort of the, the nature and the tone that the 80s set. The vernacular. Like, yeah. everything about it is super 80s. I sort of feel like a lot of the films that happened in the 80s happened at the 80s, but they didn't really want to draw attention to it. They were just like, this just happens to be the time and place, yeah. but we want to try to make something that is, you know, above, like like Commando. Yeah. Like where they really reached out and elevated. <laughs> well, um, yeah. that, well, that's, that's more art. Than or film. Crawl. 
Like, <laughs> Again, really art than film. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But but you know what? This was more of a yeah. well, actually. So we also loosely talked about they live and how <laughs> shitty that was, and how capitalism gets called out. And some some movies are more successful about making a commentary than yes. others. Yeah. This one was quite successful. Okay. That one was not not so much. Not so much. I, I gotta move fast. Do we have yeah. the synopsis wrapped oh up yet? Christ. Are we thirty minutes into the film? Have I, have I eaten up my two minutes yet? You're basically. I'm there. I'm, I'm one fifty six. That one okay. four seconds. Four make seconds. It, make it go. Okay. Um, so uh, um, Veronica and uh, Heather um, McNamara go on a date with Ram and Kurt. Right. Uh, Ram and Kurt are drunk. Uh, they go cow tipping. It's really bad. But then in the background, and it's happening in the scene, and it's actually kind of shocking. Is 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 this like date rape scene? There is so much forced sex. It actually happens a multiple oh, times. So there's multiple times. there's this one. Yeah. There is later on too where JD is in the basement trying yeah. to blow up the school. Yeah. And he's forcing himself on Heather or Veronica. Yeah. And it's yeah. really upsetting. You're just like, how is he getting away with this? And I think at the time you kind of go like, oh well, this is what guys do. Yeah. But nowadays, I mean, just because of the oh. awareness of it, you're like, yeah. holy shit, we that was not a great time. It's dark. In, in, it's in terms of female and yes. male sort of dynamics. It, there's a, a lot of awfulness like that. And, and yep. poor Heather in the background there. And then, uh, so Veronica and JD head off. And then they make right. a plot to... Um, Kill Ram and, and Kurt? Well, to prank them. In right. Heather's, in well, what kind of bullets are they going to use? They're going to... Ikluga. Ikluga bullets. So, just just like Frau Blucher, <laughs> we did a little German... Trans- <laughs> well, the horses. Uh, we did a little German translation and it means yeah. I lie. Mm-hmm. So Echluga is I libel it. So basically, he's just trying to give her an excuse yeah. to do the things that he that he thinks that she naturally wants to. That's do. it. JD is convincing uh, Veronica to shoot uh, either Kurt or Ram with these bullets, and she goes, "No way!" And he he tricks her. He's just going to break the surface. There's a little bit of blood, but not enough to kill them. Bullets. Exactly. Yeah, but he calls them his, exactly Echluga, and his grandfather sold a shit ton of them. Yeah, apparently. So <laughs> oh, those jokes. So, um, so they set it up where uh, Kurt and Ram are going to meet her, uh, Veronica. She says that she wants to. Have oh, because because afterward, Ram oh, had yes, been telling right. people yeah. that Veronica and had a sword fight with her and Kurt in her mouth. Yeah, with their wieners. Yeah, and so, so she's like, she gives them a call and says, "Hey, do you want those things you said to come true?" Yeah, and so they're going to meet behind the school right at dawn. Yeah, uh, they meet in two circles. Yeah. You get naked, yeah. and then do it. And how do they know that they're going to convince him that it was a gay death pact? What's the one piece <laughs> of gear that is for sure going to be convincing? It's ridiculous. It's a bottle of mineral water. <laughs> <laughs> That's their evidence that it, it is this so, unrequited. Um, look in my fridge. There is mineral water. <laughs> like, yeah. Interestingly, mineral water has come a long way, but yeah. not by 1989 by these standards. No, no, no. So, so they, they end up at this, uh, exactly like I said, at this, uh, uh, behind the school, uh, Veronica um, uh, tricks them into stripping, and then JD jumps out and shoots Ram in the throat. Right. Yeah, so, so Ram goes down. Like he's, he's really dead, and then Veronica tries to shoot Kurt because she thinks it's all a game. Misses. Misses, Kurt runs off, JD chases him, and right. then Veronica goes and discovers that Ram's actually dead. Yeah, Ram is for sure. Yes. Yeah. And and uh, JD chases Kurt Bat back rather, and Veronica then unwillingly shoots uh, Kurt in the chest. Yep. They're both dead. Right. And and she's and he he has such he's like, you believed in the lie because you wanted to believe it. That's right. Yeah. He's been so, kind of feeding her like a lot of a lot. rationale this yeah, whole time. Yeah. And 
You know what? Interesting. Here's the thing. So Veronica's really smart. Yeah. And there is 100% chance that she would have known German and would have known Ekluga means I lie. Mm -hmm. And yet she very willingly dismisses it because she's enamored with JD Mm -hmm. and she just wants very badly to probably play out some of these things. Like she was humiliated by that scenario where like, you know, there's date rape going on and you know, these guys are dicks and they're, they're assholes. And again, it sort of plays out that fantasy. Wouldn't you have loved to take care of those bullies or those guys who are the popular kids and just eliminate them for being fuckheads yeah and so maybe she does kind of buy into it a little bit but yeah. i mean once he's dead that I mean the reality comes into play and so they go Jeez. back to their car yeah. they uh they're they're making out and so they talk about the cops oh my god so so it, it then cuts to these two cops uh in the squad <laughs> car and they're they're hauling on a couple of a couple of joints kind of thing and, and the one cop's like hey did you hear something and and the other cop is like stoned out of his way like fuck i don't He's like, no, it sounded like gunshots. And the cop's like, let's roll. <laughs> what does he say? Oh, oh shit. Let's roll. Exactly let's right. Roll. Yeah. I never knew that they were smoking pot. No. So when no. I was a kid and I watched this movie, I was yeah. like, Oh, I, think just, I think they're just having cigarettes. <laughs> uh, you know, why are they just kind of smoking away? This is what a square I was. So, yeah. I mean, I had no sense of this. Our, our parents are hippies, really. Uh, hippies. Are they? Hippies. I think they wanted to be. Like, yeah. I think I think very much like there's a lot of mythology, especially from dad's end of things, where he was like, he was some sort of badass <laughs> in Vancouver, where he was like, you know, he had an afro and he was like, yeah. I don't know, kicking ass and smoking pot. And, but, no, he was also talking about like taking people away from uh, having to go to like, you know, draft dodgers and stuff where he was protecting them during the 70s. No, I mean, honestly, I think he had like the the Underground Railroad came through like, <laughs> what a That's exactly where it goes. Uh, I, anyway, so for so, sure, he, um, yes. Yeah. So, so these two cops are high, and yes. they, but they come and they, they chase after, and they see yeah. these two dead bodies, and they're like, oh, and this one cop goes and chases after uh, the other, um, uh, JD and, and Veronica, anyway. But the, but the, he comes back eventually, and the, uh, the one cop goes, ah, I know what happened here. It's a double suicide. It's like, how do you know? And he pulls out the mineral water. <laughs> so, <laughs> does this answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> It's so stupid. Oh, I know. Anyway. But then they come up with, oh, the humanity. Oh, the Which humanity. is another line that shows up multiple times in this. So the callbacks. Yeah. There's multiple callbacks yeah. in those lines. There is. There's a lot of backstitching of scenes, and but not rules of three. Oh. That's interesting because the conversation with Veronica and her parents only happens twice. Right. The thing that happens with Ryan and Kurt only happens twice. So do you feel like there was a, a consciousness about that just to say, like, let's not overuse this device. Ooh. Like, it's a good device, but let's not overdo it. Are we giving this film... Much more credit. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I want to give it a lot of credit. Honestly, I, I think it was very forward thinking. Yeah, yeah. We've, but, we've established a lot of that. Anyway, it was really interesting. So they go and um, uh, the funeral happens again. There's a great scene with Veronica and JD in the car in the parking lot of the school where um, she's she's just like, that's where that conversation happens. You believed it because you wanted to believe right, it. Right, right. And, and so she tries to hurt herself she hurts with a cigarette lighter. Yeah, she, she, she puts in, because they're going to have a smoke, she punches in the cigarette lighter, pulls it out, and burns her hand with it. And he stops her, but only so he can light his cigarette <laughs> off of her hand. Right. Like, another flag that JD is kind of... He's got no emotion. Like, this is all utility for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I think he really just sort of sees people. You know what? The one person we haven't talked about at all yet, we need to talk about, is JD's dad. 
JD's dad is a fucking psychopath. Mm-hmm. Like, right from the beginning, they've got this interesting dialogue between him and his dad where yeah. you know, they play each other. He's yeah. like, he's the dad, uh, the dad is the son, and they kind of like have this playful dynamic. Yeah. But there's this dark undertone to all of it. So dark. His dad is a killer. Yeah. Like, willingly, and it's pretty much, you know, alluded to that uh, JD's mom goes into a building they know is going to blow up and kills herself because yeah. she knows what kind of a lunatic she's attached to. Exactly. And and maybe realizes, I don't know, well, who knows, but but maybe realize that the son is on that path. And yep. so it is, he is irredeemable. Yeah. Anyway, it. but yeah, that, oh, the dad is fucked up. And so, um, okay, so there's nope. so much to unpack with this. Oh, film, I know. Man, there's no time. I know. Okay, this is a long episode, by the way, folks, so just bear with us. Um, so, so, uh, they go and, 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 you know, threaded throughout this, we haven't even mentioned the guidance counselor because threaded throughout all the suicides, yeah, is, is this kind of hippie-esque, um, uh, guidance counselor who's using this as an opportunity to really, uh, talk about like growth strategies and feeling strategies. Oh, and her worldview on shit. Oh yeah. The rest of the faculty think she's a, like a space cadet. Oh, the principal's like, yeah, great. Tell me when the shuttle lands. Like she's just like such a space cowboy out there. She's got no sense of things, but eventually has to defer to her because you know, their strategy of just kind of denying everything and not even having a half day off because at least if it was a cheerleader, we could have a half day. Whereas a normal human death doesn't actually matter. Oh my Pretty, pretty, alive. pretty bleak, man. Pretty bleak, and um, oh my god! And and, and there is uh, um, they, like when, when Heather Chandler dies, they get a hold of her suicide note. How did they get the suicide I note? Don't know. Because they use it in the yearbook. Yeah, there's that one yearbook line where the guy's like, "We finally got one of these, yes. and I don't want to blow it." Like, how cynical can you be about death? Oh my god! Where it's just it's so opportunistic, but yeah. what a what a wonderful piece of writing. Yeah, yeah. There is. There's, and there's so many moments. Like, we are barely scratching the surface. I know, God. I feel these... like we're not even doing this really justice. Really? And it's like, we're an hour in now. <laughs> we we would have been 59. <laughs> we would have been 59. Okay, let's finish. Okay. okay. So, uh, Reverend Carter dead. They attended the funeral. This is another wonderful... And we've got to mention this. This is another wonderful snapshot of the behind the veil. Is um, They're in the funeral. Yep. Um, the dad of Ram... Or Kurt. It's Kurt's, it's Kurt's, Kurt's dad. dad. Okay, Kurt is saying, um, I love my son. I love my dead gay son and stuff like that. Yeah. And JD makes a comment. Yeah, he said, like, would you love him if he was, uh, like, a, a breathing homosexual? He was like, yeah, yeah. Would, you love him, would you still love him if he had a pulse? Yeah. And they start to titter about it between Veronica and, and JD. JD. And and um, quickly, um, Veronica looks over and Kurt's little sister turns around to see them laughing. And she's crying because her brother is dead. So and, it really pulls out these consequences, right? Yeah, like, again, you play out yeah. your fantasies of like, I love if that guy was dead. What yeah. a dick. Like, life would be better if they were gone. Exactly. But people are affected by these yeah. things. And so, again, it sort of pulls this whole real world consequences back into the film. That's it. Behind the veil. Exactly. So they leave that scenario and, and JD kind of all of a sudden is on a tear. He is trying to disrupt everything because then Veronica has enough of him kind of to a degree yeah that's it they sort of decide to break up like yeah she's uh, she's like full of sick of his shit yeah and there's another scene with the dad yeah it comes back oh in Christ. and here's like an awesome thing about this because like when you see the dad talk and he's like yeah. he gets away with trying to destroy this building he's been trying to do yeah. and he's like the judge told him to slurp shit and yeah. die yeah. like yeah. and so you see this videotape of the building blowing up and exactly the sequence that he wants to do to destroy it 
Yeah. Uh, and there's this moment where they pan to JD and he's looking at his dad and he's kind of repulsed by him, yeah. but kind of in awe of him at the same time. And it's like he can see his pathway forward. Yeah. Like, this is who I'm going to be. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he hasn't been stopped right now. So there's been multiple deaths. There's three people who have been killed, directly or indirectly by him. Yeah. And there's been zero consequences. Yeah. So he's so emboldened at this point. He's like, I get to be exactly like my dad. I get yeah. to kill indiscriminately. Yeah. And there's nothing to stop me. Because I'm doing justice. Like, I, I am helping in some I'm fashion. making a social, um, a social commentary. Commentary. Oh. This film, man. Yeah. <laughs> Far out. One minute, 59 and 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, Keep going. Christ. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, another snapshot of dad who's just messed up. Veronica breaks up with JD. He doesn't like it. He tries to force himself on her again at that point. She fights him off, but yep. leaves. Yep. And um, she goes to school. And at this point, Heather McNamara has is like in a tizzy because... She she's a victim of this kind of date rape. She her friend turns out Rams Rams gay Rams in gay. her mind. Yeah, so all this stuff is happening. So Heather then oh tries to we haven't actually talked about Heather Duke sort of rising now yes. to fill Heather Chandler's role. That's right. So you know Heather Duke has been someone who has been bulimic. Yeah. She's absolutely loathed herself. Yeah. Suddenly she's eating food. She's like starting to get empowered. She's getting bold mm-hmm. and she's taking up all the shit habits that Heather Chandler had because. Who is... Well, J.D. Uh, sort of feeding her back in. Yeah, J- so, so J.D. is actually... He kind of blackmails her a bit to be the strong person. Oh, because she had a friendship with Heather Dumbtruck. That's right. Yeah. Oh, with uh, Martha Dumbtruck. Martha Dumbtruck, sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> Heather Dumbtruck is the one we don't talk about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so um, J.D. is 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 getting um, Heather Duke to be... To take the position of... Heather Chandler. So here's the thing. He hates everything that Heather stood for. Yes. What's the value in getting her to stand up to this only to expedite his plan to blow the whole school up? Pretty much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's all self-serving. Definitely. Definitely. But amazing that she embraces this and becomes just as like uh, horrible as Heather Chandler was. Well, all the pressure of having been dumped on by Heather Chandler is now gone. And so she recognized that Heather Chandler was popular because of the things that she did and she wants to embody these things that she was never possible uh, capable of doing before. It's it's such an onion cake. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, um, absolutely. So JD is is absolutely fueling her sort of rise. He also gets her to do this one task. He blackmails her to just do this one simple thing. And that is to get the signatures of every single student in the school. Right. Okay? This is happening in the back. Right. Uh, at the same time, Heather McNamara um, is embarrassed. She calls into this talk show. She right. gets shamed. And she goes to kill herself. But right. Veronica stops her. Yes. Yeah. Because Veronica's now like, okay, this has gone too far. But of all the Heathers, do you feel like Heather McNamara is like, she's really human and really sweet. Like, she's actually a really kind of a nice person. Yeah. It's odd that she would be hanging out with the other Heathers. Yeah. She's Especially the peripheral. Yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Because she's yellow. She's the non-primary color. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay, so solved. Solved. Um, so, um, <laughs> sorry, I got a call back. I know we're eating up so much time, but before Ram and Kurt's funeral, uh, Veronica has another sit down with her parents. Right. And her parents, her dad's smoking a cigarette, and he's like, "God damn, will someone tell me why I smoke these things?" Because <laughs> you're an idiot. Oh yeah, that's it. Oh, you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's super. It's super good. Super Honestly, good. I okay. love that dynamic. So, um, yes. Uh, 
so anyway, things are now JD's broken up with Veronica. Veronica's yeah. left him, and this is the finally the time when the parents actually change their dynamic yeah. slightly. So there's this, this moment where Veronica comes back. JD has come to the house. He yeah. said that he's worried about her committing suicide. Yeah. And what's what's really awesome about this is uh, Veronica's mom says probably one of the best moments in the entire thing. Like she's yeah. she's not being two dimensional. She's like, look, and. Um, Veronica's asking, like, okay, so, you know, I want to be treated like a grown-up. And yeah. she's like, oftentimes when people say that, it's because they are being treated like a grown-up. Yeah. And, you know, the problem with most people is you want things to be delivered to you in exactly the way that you want it to. And when it's not comfortable, yeah. and when it's, you know, maybe too honest for you, that's when things touch a nerve. Oh, and or when you get what you ask for. Well, that's it. And so I think it was a really an awesome moment of clarity from her. And then she almost immediately reverts back yes. to being like yeah. two-dimensional. Yeah. But it's like she almost breaks through the stereotype for just a brief moment yeah. to touch on a truism and then kind of has to pull that moment back. And I was like, oh, this is a cool little break. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's a really good part. And and again, it, it breaks the caricature, it breaks the veil, and, it, and it's neat to see. <laughs> Dad never goes. He never does. He's yeah. always he just like idiot. stuck in that hole like, I'm a yeah. rich guy. And I'm a putt. That's it. Yeah. So um, Veronica realizes that JD is probably going to try to kill her now. Right. Because she knows too much. And yep. she realizes that also he is without restraint. Like No, he's been worse. too emboldened at this point. Yeah. So, so um, Winona Ryder goes and she stages her own fake suicide. Right. And pretends to hang herself. Yeah. And JD comes in and there's a great scene where he's like, oh, I can't believe you did this. I mean, granted, I was coming up here to kill you. But I can't believe you killed yourself. Well, and he would have, like, he sort of exposes his plan. Like, exactly. well, this is where we're going to blow up the school. Yeah. And I had this whole fake, like, uh, signature yeah. scheme that I was working on. And uh, basically, yeah, he just kind of, like, gives out the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but she preempts him killing her. Yeah. So he believes she's dead. Yeah. Next day they go to school. Yeah. So next day they go to school. And J there's scenes of uh, JD, like, sneaking around the school, planting dynamite bombs. Right. Right. Um, all the while, uh, Veronica's there to try to find him and track him down. Um, and, and uh, uh, there's like a pep rally and things like that. But also you see Veronica, who is no longer wearing the armor. You know, like she tells um, Heather Chandler to go get fucked or something, you know. Or well, Heather Chandler's dead. Dukes or oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, and, and, and you can see that she is, her mission is to sort of prevent this. Um, oh my god! And, and almost to assume the lead in this now, like yeah. So now that all the Heatherisms have been sort of fleshed out to what they should be, and you can see Heather Duke is corrupt, Heather Chandler's way isn't the right way. Yeah. Uh, Heather McNamara is like kind Falling of apart. so sidelined. Like yeah. it's almost like she feels obligated now to sort of step into that leadership role. Yeah. And she even alluded to this earlier, where she's like, "Do I? If I do this, do I become another Heather? Like, am I going to be that person?" And I think, you know, and it, when it all wraps up and everything is said and done, she chooses kind of a different path. Yeah. And, and we'll get to it in a minute or two. But I think, you know, right now, this is exactly it. Like, she's really yeah. just sort of saying, like, all the things that you guys have done, everything that you've tried to institute, all the yeah. all the social norms that, that are part of high school life, I'm rejecting them. And I'm yeah. fighting against all of the shit that I hate. We haven't talked about Martha Dumtruck, who attempts to commit suicide. That's right. And survives it. And is mocked for it. Yes. Like she's absolutely, because she's trying to do the cool thing. Yeah. That big fun, the band that has got oh teenage God. suicide. Don't do it. Right. Yeah. So, oh, far out, man. This movie is so bulky. Okay. So um, uh, Veronica gets to school. Um, she <laughs> learns where JD is. 
uh, and confronts him yes. as he's going down to the boiler room. Correct. This is where uh, she's got a gun, but he disarms her and then tries to force himself on her again. Right, date rape for like the 50th time. Yeah, and, and he knocks her to the ground and goes and, and um, continues to plant these bombs. Right. Um, she eventually sort of uh, gets herself together uh, and goes and grabs the gun and stops him. Right. And... <laughs> He whips out his middle finger. He whips out his fuck you. And, and she blows off his middle finger. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so wild. <laughs> and shoots him a few times. Yeah. And thinks that she's prevented the school from blowing up. Right. Well, because there's a... The knife goes in. Like, he's yes. got a switchblade. The knife goes into the bomb. Bomb stopped. It's at four seconds left. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes outside. She's disheveled, bloody, and things like that. And um, uh, she's like, oh, I did it. And then out of the corner of your eye, you see... JD come down the stairs and he has strapped dynamite to his chest. So he's basically removed all the dynamite that was in the boiler room that was going to yeah. blow up and then was going to blow up the stands that were just above them where yes. all the people are having the pep rally. Yeah. He comes out and and he does this kind of sacrifice thing where he... he, he he's cool cool Jesus. He's cool Jesus. Why, why do we have Jesus in all these I films? Know, you got weird. space Jesus, you got cool Jesus, rebel God, Jesus. There's so many Jesus. Yeah. Um, because he's just a relatable uh, so so JD blows himself up in front of Veronica and yeah. she is disheveled messed up she goes back into the school because people are freaking out they heard the bomb that's right and she bumps into Heather Duke and she steals Heather Duke's scrunchie which is originally Heather Chandler's scrunchie right as given, bu- given from JD yeah so so it's almost like she's assuming the mantle of the kind of alpha well of she says the there's a new sheriff in town yeah but what she does is after that, she goes and she confronts Martha, who's now in a, a rascal, <laughs> which right. is like a, a, a motorized wheelchair, and says, hey, let's go see a movie. Or let's go watch some films. Let's go watch some films. Pops some popcorn. popcorn. Yeah. yeah. And Martha's like, I'd like that. That's the first time actually we ever hear Martha's voice. That's right. She hasn't spoken up to this point. Yeah. And so they wander off and do that. And, and so we're left with, okay, something's happened. The power dynamic in the school has been skewed. Yes. You know, and, and so it's, it, it's, it's going to be hopefully a different kind of regime. But knowing what we know about high school, maybe this is kind of the bleak perspective that I had. It's like, you know what? Someone's going to assume the mantle of the alpha again. Yeah. And those clicks are going to happen again. And people are going to feel ostracized. Again. This is always the problem. Like, you know yeah. what? Whenever you sort of break up a power dynamic, yeah. there are always those people who are who need it, who yeah. are like looking to put others down to make themselves feel good. Sure. And even if you destroy one dynamic, and especially because Heather Duke doesn't die, yeah. and she's someone who was so adept at picking up the role of Heather Chandler, yeah. that there's a distinct possibility that she's going to bring other people in. Yeah. And what? So we didn't talk about this before, but you know, there's a whole thing with like Betty. Right? Yeah. And with uh, Veronica and Betty's relationship, and this is her old, like, childhood friend. Yeah. And, and she Betty's tries another to... student, sorry. She is, yes, yeah. absolutely. So she's trying to pull Betty in. Like, she actually brings, her... Veronica brings Betty in to play a game of croquet. And at the whole time, she's trying to be nice about it. She's like, you know what? Croquet, life, yeah. all these dynamics, high school dynamics can be better. It can change things. Yeah. And so she's trying to be, like, fair with her. And so she ends up hitting her ball, and you can either do one of two things. You can either you know, take two shots so you can knock someone out. That's right. And initially she's thinking, I'm just going to take the two shots because this is what a good person would do. Yeah. But even Betty is the first person to say, like, you have to knock me out. Yeah. That's the right thing to do. 
That's the way you play this game. That's how, that's how you win. That's how you win. And so yeah, yeah. I think one of the things they really allude to in this is that even if you get rid of the worst possible culprit, yeah. there's always going to be a way that it reforms, even around you. So, I mean, having a new sheriff in town, does she actually actively work the group so that she can make it great? Or does she eventually just say, like, I'm so done with this because I've seen everything that happens and I've k- killed people yeah. as part of it that I want nothing to do with it. And irrespective of that, I don't think she's going to want to take an active role, but likely there's always going to be these dynamics. And there's yeah. always going to be deficient humans who need to feel like they've got something up on other people. Yeah. Like high, high school keeps replaying itself out over and over again. Yeah. Even though like the times have changed, the tech has changed, the way to bully has changed. Yes. And I think... You know, it's different tools, different vehicles, but really absolutely. it's the same shit. Someone set a fire in your car because it took too long and I got bored. <laughs> Money, please! Alright, so we're going to uh, start to monetize. You know, we've been tapped on the shoulder from a few businesses. You know what? It's amazing how many people, now that they know how popular this podcast is, really just want to get a little sweet taste. They want to wet their beaks. Banging down the door <laughs> to be part of this. No kidding. Yeah. No. Not hey, my, my business is floundering. I need like an injection. Were you just trying to sink that thing yeah. down for sure? Like just the nails in the coffin? Come to us. We've got it all. We will. <laughs> we'll take your last dollars, suckers. suckers. <laughs> exactly. So all right. I got a good one. Tell me about this amazing business that was approaching you this week. Well, you know what? Um, we don't have enough spice in our life. So uh, I've been asked by Fists of Curry. Ooh. To uh, a spice merchant to really endorse their <laughs> spice, uh, spice merchant. merchant. This you sounds know. so Tatooine. What they're going to do is one inch punch your taste buds. Oh, oh. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Not bad. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, well, tell you what. So I was approached by business this week, which is really about forensic. Uh, necessity. So imagine you're trying to frame someone that uh, you don't like or there's really there's been an incident and you're just trying to get out of a really bad set of choices. All the time. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. What you want to do is try finding Hemo, which is <laughs> blood bank services and rare blood locationing. So the great thing about finding Hemo is, say you're a vampire and you're just, you're in town, you're new, you're checking out the vibe, but you just don't want to really start to leave a trail right yeah. off the bat. You go to Finding Hemo, and they'll get that blood that you need. Yeah. Just keep feeling, just keep feeling the blood bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. So let's wrap this up in parenting. Okay. What is the parenting thing you took away from all Holy this? Holy shit. Because we're like deep, deep, <laughs> deep cuts into this. So. Oh my God. I, you know what? I, I guess it is, is that, um, you know what stood up for me? And I guess I'm going to uh, allude this to kind of what I felt at that time is that your whole world is high school. You cannot see beyond what is happening at the here and now. Right. And you think my whole life is going to be like this. Yeah. Guess what? It's fucking not. Yes. It is different. And so, but at that time, you're like, this is everything. This is my whole life. I know. And and this is um, everything. And so I guess what I'm pulling out of that is that, you know, oftentimes my my daughter is like, uh, if she has like a bad day of school or something like that, she's like, well, this, this is my life is it's, it's a horrible, it's awful. And this is what it's always going to be like. Yeah. And what I need to remember is to remind her that, you know what? It's not. Your life is going to be so much different than what you are experiencing right now. Totally. But as a child, and this is even biological, 
they are focused on what is happening right in front of them. Yeah. You know, it is, everything is, is extremes. And that's what it is to be growing up in, in school and things like that. So I just need to acknowledge that. And that if she's like, oh, you know, Sally Ann <laughs> said I was a loser and oh, everybody hates me. Everybody's going to hate me forever. It's like a validate that like oh that feels awful da, da, da. and just remind her that you know what i felt like that too but yeah leaving school holy there is so much more to the world to experience than what you are experiencing in this microcosm so that's what i'm pulling out of this yeah i i, I agree so yeah uh <laughs> this, this is terrible yeah but you know uh brie leaves her diaries around all the time okay and so diaries, diaries yeah no she's got like she's very prolific yeah um but but in multiple diaries and, and this is terrible and it's heartbreaking but she talks about like how she doesn't feel her self-worth and how she has like um sort of identified like she doesn't feel like she's like smart or beautiful or all, all these little things where you know god that would be so devastating to have those moments and i think the problem with not the problem the challenge of being a middle child is, you know, you're not the oldest. You don't have the, the, the sort of the gravitas that you would as you sort of direct things and kind of pioneer for your siblings. And you're not the youngest where you've got that, that cushion of two other kids. Mm-hmm. And, and especially for Brie, because she's such a person who needs to be recognized and have little moments for herself. Yeah. That that gap in those moments has maybe driven her to make like bad decisions or to not look at the consequences of her actions. And I see this play out all the time. And so I think one of the things that's been really helpful about that is how you manage her. So oftentimes I'm like, she's my, she's my most difficult kid. I mean, I think she's a wonderful kid. I think she's got tons and tons of heart. She's sweet and she's like lovely, but she is, but oftentimes like I find her frustrating because, and maybe, maybe this is a reflection of myself because I see some of the things that I, I get frustrated with her. I'm like, wait a minute, I do that. <laughs> what the fuck? So, you know, it, it's easy to get a point and kind of go, well, you're, you're killing me. But it's because I don't like this in me. It's not always about her. Yeah. But <clears throat> anyway, exactly to the, what you talked about. You know, she's seeing these things. She's writing these things down. She's like like 10. Yeah. Like she's just a kid. She's just a like little kid right now. It's going to get worse. But it's also going to get better. Yeah. So to your point, like pull yourself out of what these experiences are like. Yes, you're going to find people who you gravitate to and you're going to have friends with. You're going to find people you hate. And you're probably thinking in your head, I'd love to like, I wish they were never born. I wish they were never part of this. If Heather's has taught us anything, don't, yeah. don't, don't do it. Like don't, teenage suicide. Don't do it. Yeah, you know what? Don't, don't fall into those traps like this is a great uh, actually i would love to watch this movie with her especially when she's in high school because she probably will go through this and you can just kind of say like hey look we all have experienced it this is an old film but the themes are very true even for today that's a that's a good idea yeah yeah that's really good and and far out man it it is seeing these things in our kids that we wish we could coach it and 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 assist them to bypass but you know what they gotta go through it. You gotta fall down so you can pick yourself up, and that's a character yeah. builder right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. Well, look, I think you touched on a lot of great themes today. Well, there's a lot of good themes to touch on. Well, but apparently, yeah. we're running way the fuck over. So <laughs> obviously, there was lots of catch, but I think you really you pushed it along really well. I think you really grabbed everything that was there. Well, two minutes and under. Well, two minutes and under, <laughs> and time. <laughs> Nailed it. 
All right, well, we were going to go to the money zone, but there's no time for that money zone. No money. You don't need to make money when you've got this much like, sweet, sweet content. Right? No, for yeah. sure. Anyway, I wanted to say great job. I think that was really awesome. Hey, could you do one more thing for me? Uh, what do you mean? Could you get your fucking shine box? Motherfucker! This has been Get Your Shine Box with Chris Ham and Tristan Ham. Intro and outro music by Ross Smith. Tune in for more episodes as we discuss movies we watched and stuff we did as dads.